Hey folks, I'm Will Jarvis, CEO of ValueBase. Welcome to Assessment Matters, a podcast dedicated to exploring the world of mass appraisal. Whether you are a property appraiser, real estate professional, or just interested in the topic, this podcast will provide you with valuable insight and expert perspectives on the latest trends and developments in the field. Well, Jim, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Jim, do you mind giving a brief bio and some of the big ideas you're interested in? Sure. I'm, a, uh, I'm the vice president of business development at Catalyst. Uh, we're a government-focused. Uh, we have solutions for the entire property tax cycle from land records to CAMA and all the way through to billing, collections, payments. Uh, and we have quartz products and, and uh, public works products. So it's all government-focused. Um, and prior to that, I, uh, we became part of Catalyst. I was the founder of Patriot Properties, which developed a CAMA system that's implemented in 18 states across the United States, about 275 installations. Catalyst became part of, uh, excuse me, Patriot became part of Catalyst three years ago, and I've enjoyed continuing on with them as a company founder. So main activities are business development related, so. That's great. That's great. And can you tell me a little bit about how you first got interested in property taxes, assessment, and uh, CAMA software as well? It's an interesting story. I was uh, went to college for architecture, and uh, and it was back in the seventies when everything was T square and, and manual. Right. There were no CAD programs, that kind of thing. So I got a job summers working for a revaluation company that had to go out and do data collection on buildings. Yeah, and I came back after two or three days with beautifully hand-drawn sketches on grid paper of with house measurements and footprint and stuff like that. And they, they said, oh, this guy's really good. Uh, we should use him on commercial stuff. So next right. thing you know, I'm up in New England, like measuring these old mill complexes and, and plotting it out on grid paper with a you know an industrial complex, that sort of thing. That's cool. And uh, the people that, that ran the company uh, interested me in the field and... Uh, said they'd teach me the valuation parts of it. And uh, that's how I got started in the industry in 1980. Gotcha. And, and how was the, the, how did the founding story of, of Patriot develop? Like, how did you first have the idea? Like, you know, I, I, I'm assuming the, the capital markets were quite different then than they are now. But, you know, how was that? Pro- uh, and, and how did it unfold? Well, I, that company that I work for, um, was it was all old mainframe. Uh, we'd go out and do manual work, including the valuation work was done with calculators in a, a car. The My mentor was out in a car with a calculator that plugged into a cigarette lighter. And, nice. uh, you know, I would get, my job was to measure the building, get the square footage, go to a cost manual and just get the replacement cost on it. And then he'd go and put depreciation on it right. and economic and functional if it needed it and put a price per square foot for the land and he'd add it all up. And that was the assessment. Yeah. And they would keep punch that into a kind of a, a summary legal description. And it would go all go into a mainframe at a, at a uh, company that um, had that kind of data processing capability. Right. And a week or two later that output cards with limited information and the, the hand calculated value on it. Right. And that's what they would generate the tax bill from. So That's cool. That's cool. And, and you saw an opportunity there to, uh, to, to build that out. I did. And they, it, w- it was interesting to me because I could measure the more complex commercial buildings. I, 
I kind of started on that side of it. And yeah. They taught me the income approach and the financial pieces of, and, and it was interesting, you know, just from uh, property leasing and, and the markets that are around, around commercial real estate right. and stuff in the cities and things like that. So I found it highly interesting and I transitioned into the field that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I'm curious. So, you know, you've grown this company uh, over a couple of years. Eventually, you know, it was acquired by Catalyst. Congratulations. Uh, it's a big deal for for founders to make that step. Um, I, I'm curious, I, where do you see the camo market going over the next kind of 10 years? And and what do you think that looks like? Well, the, the uh, technology is constantly evolving. At, at the end of the day, we're in a, a tech technology sector. Right. Uh, government tends to move much more slowly. They have longer tenured employees and they have budget constraints and things like that. So they tend to uh, take a long time to end of life right. old products and transition to new. Not old, but generally. Right. And um, so now, you know, we, when I started and it was all mainframe based and uh, we started Patriot in 1985, a group of us that worked for the other company. And that's just when PCs were evolving. And uh, we developed a camera application that could run on a PC, a client-server version, and uh, transitioned up to Windows and um, SQL Server, relational database. And now it's everything's transitioning to more of a cloud-based thing. And I think most camera products or people in the industry or the uh, complementary products that go along with cam, I think everybody's focused on automation and how do we get away from from actually, you know, a lot of the data entry and and uh, manual processes that we're doing, and, and get it more automated, and also make it more pro- transparent and understandable to the to the markets that we serve, which are really the taxpayers, right? That get the property tax bills, and I got an assessment of a certain amount. How how was that determined, and what was the process, and right. how was it calculated? And I want to be able to look that up online and and uh, understand it. So. That makes sense. That makes sense. So more public transparency is something you, you think we'll see over time. Yeah. So there's more geospatial capability now. There's more mobile capability around collecting data in the field and and actually updating attributes out in the field and having it, you know, go into kind of a temp database and, and reviewed and then accepted and pushed into the camera system without coming back with a box full of <laughs> paper records that right. somebody has to manually enter. And uh, so... That's cool. Uh, that's where I see things going. So, got it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, one thing I've been curious about is is how fragmented is the camo market? It feels like it, it is some level. It, it's been quite fragmented. I don't know if that's a, a for natural reasons or just something else. Well, what's your sense of why that is? Is it just because each state is kind of different at some level, and so requires a bit of custom development for each kind of state? At the end of the day, that's exactly it. The the uh, the property tax. Uh, policies and statutes vary by state so it's there's really no one fit one size fits all camera system we right. like to think at, at at patriot that we built the system that we were able to put in 18 states but to get into the 19th state there's quite a bit there's a quite extensive gap analysis that has to be done and right. a lot of development work around getting into a new state so um, some of them some of the camera vendors are in one state only or in a are in a fairly concentrated region, and there's right. really only a handful of people that are in more than, uh, you know, ten or twelve states. Right. Uh, so, 
That makes sense. Uh, it, it's because of that, that, that it's, uh, and some of the vendors that are in different states have multiple products, you know, through acquisitions right. and things like that, that one vendor might have three or four different products. And yeah. depending on where you're located, that's what they would propose. So it, it all revolves around the, um, the policies and the assessment practices and valuation methods and reporting uh, that need and the data output that needs to be done that, that is required by each state. That makes sense. That makes sense. And did you guys get started, I'm assuming, in Massachusetts and kind of expand through the Northeast or what, what was that kind of process like? We did. We started in, in uh, Massachusetts and we actually did a lot of the service work. Uh, we contracted out before we even had a camera product, they would hire us to do data collection, evaluation work on the gotcha. older legacy system that was in place and we would do it. And then we developed our own own product and we gradually went from 90% service revenue and 10% camera product that sort of, that sort of flipped over time. But we still do have a, a service division that is not in 18 states. It's in like gotcha. four states nice. that, that we cover. So, um, uh, and then we have partners that are with other service companies that service other markets that can introduce our camera product with their assessment service proposals. So that makes sense. That makes sense. And you can kind of uh, where we did start, right, mass, right, right. And it was New England, and then we branched out from there. Gotcha, gotcha. When you think about growth, do you think more about growing vertically or horizontally? In the sense that is it more? Do you think more about like growing state by state, or do you think like uh, vertically going and capturing more of the assessment process over time? We try to do both. Um, we have like you know something like forty or forty five percent of the Massachusetts market you know is on our camera, yeah. uh, but we obviously would like yeah. to have that be fifty or fifty five or sixty, and we do look at new. Uh, states as well. We obviously Catalyst would like to be in fifty states someday, but they're uh, very disciplined in terms of uh, right. uh, needing right. to evaluate the difficulty of entering a new state, not just yes. jumping in and signing yeah. a bunch of contracts and then worrying about the, the gaps later. So uh, we're pretty strategic with it. So we we do we do try to grow both vertically and horizontally. That makes sense. That makes sense. Very cool. If, if you have advice, do you have any advice for assessors who might be looking for a new camera system? Uh, you know, you know what, what are the best things to look out for? What kind of features? What, you know, and, and just in the process of buying itself, like, like what, what best practices do you think people should be thinking about? The, the, in my opinion, the most important thing when you're buying a new camera system is to have an open mind about your workflow, take advantages of the new system and don't uh, spend up inordinate amount of time working with the camera vendor to make the new system work just like the old system used to. Right. Projects that become problematic are when you're trying to replicate older uh, workflow and methodology, sometimes even regressive inconsistent calculations because that's the way we do it. Right. And um, so when you, if you're open and uh, when there's leadership in place to say, let's let the vendor come in and show us how they handle this or that or this function or that function and they're open to so I, I always tell people when I'm when I'm pitching a new camera system, let's try to recreate what you do very well and let's try to figure out what you don't do well and, and we might have a, a better way to solve for for that. So that's more consistent and more easy to explain to taxpayers. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And it, it seems like that's the, uh, the the happy path there. Correct. 
definitely. So you, you don't want to run away. You know, some we, we can go into an office and they do some things very well, and we don't want to disturb that. We want to try to accommodate it. But sometimes you can get a project and get bogged down with everything, and the new system has to mirror exactly what was done in the old system. And um, uh, then you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. A, lot of the, a lot of the workflow and methodologies were a result of workarounds due to the inflexibility of the old system. Right. So why would you, why would you want to uh, recreate that in a new system that you're buying? Yeah, you need to focus on the paradigm shift aspect where you can truly you know, deliver something transformational and uh, not just a stepwise function. And that's where the real value seems to lie. Exactly. That's great. That's great. Well, Jim, um, thanks so much for taking the time to come on today. I, I really appreciate it. And you're the first kind of vendor we've had on the podcast. We've had a lot of assessors, uh, state oversight agencies, researchers, et cetera. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, you know, for the people who have had successful transitions to new technologies within the office, particularly in the camera kind of vein, uh, I know you mentioned one thing about just being flexible, but is there any other advice you'd like to give folks that may be listening that uh, you think might, they might find valuable? I think you should. Uh, uh, it's very important that you um, try to find someone that has the proper experience level for the for the project that you're doing. Uh, obviously, for some of the reasons we talked about earlier, uh, in-state experience can be uh, quite important sometimes yes. when they have complex stuff. And, and you really want to, when you see a demonstration, you really, um, we try to show uh, a, a product demonstration that has data from, with permission from a customer, but customer's data, a right. copy of customer's data. So you can actually see that you don't want to, you know, PowerPoints and schematics and infographics and those kind of things are, are, are useful in terms of outlining your project approach. But when you actually look at the product, you want to want to talk to people that are using it in a production environment and, and how the vendor was to work with. So okay. uh, cool. you want to try to find a vendor that's a partner, not a, not a vendor and a customer relationship, but the, the uh, assessing um, that jurisdiction that you're dealing with is actually a partner with the camera vendor in the project. And makes sense. part of that is having the open mind that we talked about earlier. So definitely, definitely. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Jim, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um, okay. Excited. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you for listening to assessment matters. Come back next week for another episode. You can check out our website to find show notes, videos, transcripts, and more at valuebase.co slash podcast.